0: Thank you for joining us again today. It's uh, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Mark coming with you for another podcast in which we are looking at different current events, if you will, and then exploring them from a biblical worldview and seeing things that we can kind of pull out of the uh, news article or whatever we're looking at to be able to compare to our faith and vice versa. Look at our faith and see what kind of light it sheds on that particular event, too. So maybe... Today, so I can 12th. open up with a, a question then mm-hmm. for you, Pastor Mark. So where were you uh, 20 years ago yesterday? Can you remember any particular events? Does it, does it <laughs> stand particular.
1: out to you? I can well, remember every single detail. So
0: tell me just briefly about it. Just, it doesn't have to be a long...
1: So I was working record. for the government at the time. Uh, Christy was teaching at a public school. And of course, this is this time of year. This is the beginning of the school year. And she needed a TV in her classroom. And so we were donating one of our TVs. Mm. So I followed her to school that morning. Wow. uh, To, you know, carry the TV in and set it up in her room. And uh, that was uh, seven-ish in the seven, you know, uh, right as the first plane and 9 a.m. I was in central time Mm. in Memphis at 9 a.m. in the East coast. And the news reports were like, Oh, a Cessna, like a small private plane crashed into the, and I thought, huh? Yeah, it's been bad weather or something. That's pretty odd. And then, uh, by the time I dropped the TV off and was heading into work, uh, they said a second plane has hit. And I don't think they said it on the news yet, but in my mind, as soon as they said a second plane hit, I'm like, oh, this is no accident. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not an accident. Mm-hmm. And we got to work, uh, I got to work and we actually had three uh, guys in town from Washington DC, the US Department of Transportation. Mm. We were meeting with them for a project we were doing. And uh, they spent, you know, we, were, we had like two or three days of meetings planned with them. Uh, we spent the whole day just, checking the tv they were trying to call their families one of them had uh, one of the his wife was running an errand near the pentagon that morning Mm. of course back then there were no iphones and the cell
0: phones were like the towers were completely jammed up yeah for anybody that had access to them at that time it was a very different time just a couple decades ago
1: yeah and then of course all the flights being canceled. I remember how eerie that was for days afterwards. That's right. No planes in the sky. People
0: stuck in certain areas. Yeah. It was a,
1: a surreal moment. But it was, uh, it was one of those moments like, uh, it was before I was born, but you when know, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, two decades before that, you know, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And it's that moment where the entire nation has this one unified collective experience of shock, of uh, grief, anger, of unity uh, around this, uh, such an impressionable moment in time and event that just changes you and changes the world. And to have that shared experience uh, and the support for firefighters and law enforcement Military the, and even churches, the years. right?
0: Think about the churches mm-hmm. following that time period. Uh, so many people just filling the doors and just looking for answers, mm-hmm. right? It's interesting, you know, an event like that that actually produces clarity in our minds. Because if I told you, you know, you tell me about your day on September 11th. Of 1998 you know yeah. what did that look like for you we could say well uh, I think I was doing this because I was about that School, age or right I think about that because we were just had gotten uh, started dating at that time or you know all these different things but that it's weird that clarity is actually produced in our minds almost like this burnt image that comes when something so drastic like that hits. And I think that's true for probably most of our listeners that are out there today, that we could probably go through and just interview person after person. They could tell us exactly where they were on that day. And most of us, for that matter of fact, I think are probably, uh, to put it bluntly, far removed, correct? Uh, I don't even know if I could tell you, hey, here's a friend that I knew that was living in New York City during that time. I don't have any family there. All my friends, for the most part, are on the other side of the coast, on the west side, and but still, you know, this connection that was there during that time period. And I'm just like you. I, I can remember very Where plainly. Uh, I was living in Las Vegas, actually, as uh, the first church I ever served at. Didn't have a, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a whole lot of money at that time be able to have something like that that was a pretty big expense for at least for me at that time uh had a house phone Uh, some of our listeners they're younger don't even Mm -hmm. haven't even had one of those probably their entire life uh but my phone rang that morning and it was my wife to be i didn't know at the time maybe necessarily weren't engaged or anything but rachel had called me she was in college and said hey have you seen the news And I told her no, and finally I got into my car and started driving uh, to church that day. We had a a big school uh, at the church that I was serving at, roads eerily uh, unmanned that day, hardly any traffic going in, showing up at school. uh, I mean, literally a handful of kids showing up that day and just a completely different day. Like you said, everything was just almost on pause. People were just literally glued to, the people that were at church glued to a TV or to a radio, just trying to capture any types of updates that people were trying to just grasp at and try to look at the situation as it continued to progress. So we fast forward now uh, a couple decades and we're coming up on this 20th anniversary. It's amazing how time does seem to progress and fly by like that That event, in my mind, doesn't seem like it was 20 years ago. Well, one of the things I know that uh, both of us saw this week and just looking at the different um, news stories that are out there were about two people who were uh, killed in this event i mean there were thousands that were there that day especially uh, in the at the world trade center in particular but two people who were actually identified by their dna uh, just about a week ago uh, now right before this event Uh, and that seems so weird that you know it took this long for somebody to be able to uh, know that i guess most individuals have known if their family members were there that day there was just so much destruction that it's hard to be able to officially say yes this was your relative even if they were there again just to due to the complete obliteration that that happened but to have this happen so many years later i thought was so interesting uh i mean almost two decades that somebody is finally found out that they were there and that they were killed there for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's you know people that are really trying to provide closure for the families that are there to be able to look at those events and to be able to, to break that down. And in the article, one of the things that stood out to me, it said that uh, personnel from the medical examiner's office have never stopped working to be able to identify these mm-hmm. victims, that there are people that really feel I made a promise uh, That was a big slogan was it not and it still is today we will never forget remember all the banners Mm -hmm. that were up there we will never forget forget. and it was interesting to see it from this perspective of people who said you know we're never gonna forget these these victims and we're never gonna stop fighting on their behalf and on the behalf of these families either to be able to go after them and one of the people was quoted in saying "Uh, we promise to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to be able to identify their loved ones. And when I read that quote, uh, I thought about uh, just the passion these people have for being able to serve somebody else. And I thought about uh, the story in John chapter five, Jesus has just healed uh, a man at the pool of Bethesda. And when this happens, uh, the Pharisees are upset with him because, he is doing certain things uh, working on the Sabbath and that he's healing and he shouldn't be doing these things and in whose name is he doing it? And in John chapter five, verse 17, Jesus says, uh, my father is always at work uh, to this very day and I am working too. And I like that comparison to these people that are working on behalf of really complete strangers, I'm sure, to be able to track down their loved ones and to give them this sense of closure. And some people maybe think, you know, that people have forgotten about this. or people aren't doing something. And the comparison I had in my mind is don't we probably do the same with God in our society? We, we see certain things happening and we think, Oh, God has forgotten our nation. You know, maybe God isn't around anymore. Is God someone who is, who is real in my life? And we may ask those questions, especially people in the world who do not have a personal relationship with the Lord, maybe think that there's someone who is out there and Jesus gives them and us this promise, you know, that God is always working to this very day and that Jesus is still working for us too. And that we shouldn't be able to doubt those things, even if we feel too much time has gone by. But isn't that a story of our entire world, right? The people of Israel were doing the exact same thing. Thousands and thousands of years ago, saying the same thing. Has God forgotten us? He's gone. Where's Moses at? You know, have you left us out here to be able to die? Even when they're having even direct conversations at times or experiences with God. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. And there's just looking at the numbers from this article Mm. can
1: give you a a sense for how much further we have to go Mm. to identify everyone. It says 2,753 people in New York City uh, were killed that day. And the two people just identified uh, last week are victim number 1,646 and 1,647 of the remains that have been identified through, they say, ongoing DNA analysis. So there's still like a 1,000 more loved ones that haven't had that kind of official confirmation, closure, like you say,
0: that blew my mind away because it mentioned yeah, forty percent of people that were victims of that day are still not identified. Yeah, that's a that's a large large number. I understand how it can be true, but I'd never thought about it in that perspective before. But
1: like the doctor, the medical examiner said, this is ongoing mm-hmm. analysis. They're not, they're not. They'll never forget. They're going to keep working, and that's like you say, the kind of the patience we need to have sometimes with God. <laughs> yeah. Because we want all of our problems solved when we want them solved. And God's working out his plan. His, he's not gonna He hasn't forgotten us. He no. will
0: leave us or forsake us. Yeah, and that's said over and over again in scripture. It, the, the interesting thing, and I think another comparison we can make then, is the other side of the, the coin. So these people, these medical examiners, they're working all this time. They're trying to work for the families. They're trying to provide closure. They tell these families and I saw the reaction of the two families mentioned. Uh, One of them doesn't wanna be identified at all, doesn't wanna talk about it. The other family that chose to be identified explained how difficult that day is as we could uh, only even just imagine. Uh, But it talked about how uh, this is so painful for them actually receiving this. Because it's almost like uh, now there, there is a weird closure that's there or that uh, this Band-Aid has been pulled off again and this memory continues to be able to come up. Uh, the daughter of one of the victims in there even said that uh, she had created basically this alternate reality of what had happened to her mother. She wrote, uh, maybe... She, my mom had amnesia, or maybe she's out living a whole different life. Maybe she's, she's happy somewhere else. And uh, I've heard people say this on multiple occasions that when we lose a loved one like that, whether we've seen what's happened or maybe even haven't seen, like in this case, we tend to create this alternate reality of just hoping that maybe something else has happened, maybe hoping that they're out there having this whole different life when I hear something like that, uh, I understand the pain that is there and the normalcy of wanting to be able to create that. But I do hurt in my heart too, because I want people to, to know that this is what God is talking about in that previous verse, that he is always working on our behalf. He doesn't want us to be able to continue to experience a lack of hope of creating an alternate reality for he's already created hope for us in a place that is eternal and without pain and where we are reunited with uh, our loved ones once again and most importantly, reunited with our Savior. And it's, it's so sad to be able to think about just the lack of hope that we do have in our world. And this isn't just for people who are not Christians. I think as Christians, sometimes we too, we forget about that, you know, or we look for hope in other things. Isn't that a big piece of, our sin, that we're trying to find fulfillment in other things of this world. And as I started thinking about uh, just that piece of the puzzle, uh, I thought about uh, John chapter 14, which Jesus is seeking to give comfort to his disciples and really comfort to, to all people. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in that message you know believe also in me you know believe in what he came to be able to not just represent but to actually be for us the one who takes all of our our sin all of this death that all these poor individuals have had to experience all the pain that all their family members have gone through and say you know there's a there's an alternate reality again that is true that i have created uh, that no matter what this destruction is no matter what this uh, activity of attack is in your life, I will always be there for you. And I am here to give you comfort. That's good. I was thinking about that too, or kind of the way the article
1: ended about the daughter talking about how she's just the grief and just wanting to again, have that ever so sliver of hope to, and, and the natural you know stages of grief. So denial, mm-hmm. right? And so, oh, maybe my mom is somewhere living with amnesia just mm-hmm. anything your brain can do to assuage the pain mm-hmm. the emotional pain that it feels and uh, your body physically feels even and i think about uh, scripture verses that are shared quite often and our memorial services in first thessalonians chapter 4 uh, verse 13 paul writes we do not want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep. Now, right there is one key word right there. It's so awesome that the early Christians always and only spoke about the dead as those who are asleep. Yeah, it's so good. Because when I go to sleep at night, or my kids go to sleep at night, next, the sun comes up, right? Eyes pop open, the Death starts. And that's the way Christians can view death. It's a temporary Uh, state for us. Uh, So don't be ignorant about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Mm. And I think a real important piece here, sometimes we miss it, but it's really important that God doesn't say that we don't grieve. Of course we grieve. We do not grieve like those who have no hope. Mm And I see that too often, uh, maybe more often being a pastor, I guess. But uh, seeing people who have no faith and no hope and lose someone very close to them and uh, how they cope, how they get on uh, with their life, I, I don't know. Um, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope. For uh, Verse 14, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Again, those who have died Mm -hmm. are with Jesus now. And when Jesus comes back, this is uh, in verse uh, 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. I love this language here, the picture he's trying to paint. With a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Man, that's, a, that's going to be quite the day. Mm. Uh, and then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So listen to this. So we will always be with the Lord, whether as we are alive and walking the earth. Uh, Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's with us every day. For those, uh, all of those who have fallen asleep, for maybe us, if we fall asleep before Jesus comes back, uh, we're with the Lord at instantly at that moment and then forever, forevermore.
0: And so today, you know, for this this podcast, Pastor Mark and I definitely want to express our condolences to any family, friends, acquaintances, just anybody affected uh, by this, I wouldn't even say the word tragedy because I feel as much more Uh, it is an outrage uh, that our nation and so many our world came up against and we do offer not only our thoughts and our prayers which is so easy to be able to say uh, but today most importantly i think we offer you these words that came from god uh, that he offers his comfort to you today that he offers his love and most importantly uh, that he offers that hope that it comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our Savior. That's the last verse there in 1 Thessalonians 4. Therefore,
1: encourage one another with these words, with the ultimate hope that we have. So again, prayers for all of those grieving, mm-hmm. prayers of thanksgiving, uh, and our, our appreciation and admiration for those who rush into harm's way. Uh, For those who are continuing to serve the families, uh, to support them, and and to work on their behalf to bring closure, to bring any any sense of, of peace. All right. Thanks for joining us on this podcast, and we'll see you next week.